Hello, and welcome back to the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast, or welcome if you are new. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Mallory Page. I am a registered dietitian, and I'm also the host of this podcast, which I created because I wanted a space to be able to discuss nutrition, wellness, current events, and more in a non-diet way. There's just a lot of things that we engage with nowadays that are very riddled with diet culture, and I feel like it's really hard to make a decision around the categories that I've mentioned when you only have a couple of viewpoints. So I hope that this podcast can add a different perspective and help you decide how you want to view something or engage with it. And I especially feel that way about today's podcast topic, which is girl dinner. Now, I really didn't think that this episode was one that you guys would want to hear from me, just because I feel like there's a lot of people that have been commenting on it, and at the same time, it's a trend that's big, and yet it's also not super complicated. And yet, at the same time, when I started to look up TikToks around this and go through articles and see different people's Instagram posts about it, there was so much heated conversation around this. And I think it's because there's a lot more involved in girl dinner than what really meets the eye. And so I want to discuss and dissect some of that here with you guys today. And I also want to hopefully bring a perspective that is different than that of which you've seen already as you've been scrolling through TikToks or Reels or whatever else it may be about girl dinner. So we need to, of course, start off with what the heck is girl dinner. It really is just a random conglomerate of things that you throw together that are convenient. So it doesn't have to be convenience foods, but it's just a lot of things that you can just put on a plate. And oftentimes, they're kind of strange combinations or unlikely combinations. So my thought about a girl dinner plate is putting together cheese and fruit and crackers and pickles and a bunch of different stuff all on one plate that you can eat. But I've seen a lot of different variations of this. I've seen people say that mac and cheese and chicken nuggets is a girl dinner. I've seen people saying that nothing is a girl dinner. I've seen people say that... I don't know. Every single thing under the sun is a girl dinner. And it's just kind of funny how this is really taken off in terms of what this even means and what it looks like. But the original person that started this was someone on TikTok that puts together these very beautiful aesthetic plates of nuts and cheeses and crackers and stuff that she felt like she could eat really easily. So This isn't really a technical term, as you can tell. I'm pretty sure it just came about from TikTok in and of itself. And I think the thing that we all know about a TikTok trend is that once it starts, you never really know where it's going to go. So as you can imagine, this went into some interesting places. And some of these places, such as people saying that they don't eat dinner or only eating very small dinners, have fallen under some criticism. And there have been dietitians and people that have talked about the fact that, you know, sharing that you're only eating really small amounts of food can be harmful. And 
that's true, right? We don't want to be exemplifying trends that show women underfueling themselves. And especially not when this trend didn't start with that intention. But it's interesting because I've actually seen that even as dietitians have shared this perspective in a very neutral way, there have been people that have felt very upset by this sentiment as well and feel like they're missing the point. And it's just been interesting to observe how many heightened emotions there are for people around this. And it made me sit back and want to observe more about why it is that we're seeing that. And what I've come to the conclusion of is that girl dinner in and of itself stands for so much more than what the trend is and what you're physically eating. Girl dinner is a bigger conversation about the ways in which women interact with food at all ends of the spectrum based off of not only how we feel about ourselves, but also the amount of energy that we have and even the types of relationships that we're holding in our life. So I want to first start off with what I was saying about how women feel about themselves. So a lot of what I've spoken to is how there's this huge spectrum of what people have shared in terms of this trend. And I think when we take a large spectrum of women and we have them share how they engage with food, we are going to get a lot of variation because unfortunately, based off of studies, we can see that around 75 plus percent of women between the ages of 18 and 35 struggle with some sort of disordered eating. Now, I want to make note with that stat that those are definitely not super strong. We can't pull all women, so I wouldn't stand behind that and say 100%, 75% of women have this because we don't know. But when we have looked into research, it's really, really high numbers of women that struggle with disordered eating. So someone could be sharing something that they do for girl dinner, and they may not even have any knowledge that it could be disordered for them. And it also could be something that they're not even intentionally doing in a way that is not best for them. So an example of this that I'll share is I saw people saying, you know, sometimes I am just so stressed throughout the day that I only can have this one food when I get to dinner. I don't want to say it because I feel like it's kind of unnecessarily triggering. But just know that I'm speaking about something that's in quite a small amount, clearly not enough for dinner. And that person isn't sharing that or saying that because they're trying to be harmful. They're just sharing what their genuine experiences are when it comes to interacting with food. Now, another example of this can be people that share that, you know, their girl dinner is only things that are unprocessed, clean ingredients. And they may think that that is best for them, but they could also be struggling with orthorexia, right? Who knows? So why I'm bringing this up is because I think what's really interesting is that we see the spectrum of how women's relationships with food are as we see this trend unfold. And food is something that is very personal to us and often very emotional, even if we don't realize it, 
because of all of the things that have influenced our relationship with food over our life. So it makes sense to me that we would see people feeling very strongly about defending their stance around what they shared. Now, the second thing that I mentioned is energy and how much energy a woman specifically has to put together this meal. Now, I personally believe that women endure a lot of excess stresses throughout their day because of the way that our society is set up at current day. And this doesn't mean that every single woman deals with the same amount of stresses. That's definitely not the case. But I do think women deal with excess stress, not just in terms of the amount of roles that they have to take in a day or the emotions that they have to hold or the hypervigilance that they have to exercise, but also even just because of the way that our physical body operates. So thinking about the fact that we have a period and we require excess energy during that time or the fact that our bodies run on a different hormone cycle. There are a lot of things that then lead to women having very high energy requirements throughout the day that they have to deal with. So sometimes as you go through a whole day and have all of these other things that you have to deal with, you get to the end of the day and you simply do not have any energy anymore. And I think this is the other reason why girl dinner is so popular. Because who wants to come from a long day and then whip up some freaking meal, even if it's just for yourself and not for other people. I can tell you one thing. I don't. I don't like cooking at the end of the day. It's not fun. It's not therapeutic to me. It just feels freaking exhausting. You have to plan what to have. You have to grocery shop what to then what you wanted to have. Then you have to prepare it. Then you have to clean it. No, that doesn't sound like a good time at all. And so when we take into account all of these stresses and these energy requirements, it can leave women feeling like they just need an easier option. And that option is one of these type of meals. It's just a conglomerate of different things instead of having to prepare. Now, the third thing that I'm going to mention here are relationships. So there is actually an interesting article that I found in relation to this that was done by the University of Michigan that studied wives and how when someone gets married, a wife gains around seven hours of work in a week and a husband actually loses or like has one less hour of work in a week. Now, just keep in mind, this is one study. So I'm not saying that this is universally true. And I did not dig through this study so in depth either. But even if we just took it as a conversation starter, it's it's a very interesting thing to think about. Because when a woman goes into a marriage, she then often has different expectations than when she was just by herself. And the reason for that is often because of the fact that in typical traditional households, more often than not, women have made the food. And men are more accustomed to having food made for them and also having specific meals. So in that more traditional system, when a woman then gets married and goes from being single to being in a partnership, 
She is often the one that's cooking those meals. And that leads to a big amount of change within the energy that she has to put in around those meals. So I think for someone in that position, girl dinner or having girl dinner almost feels either nostalgic or relaxing or even like a way to push against the more traditional system of having to put all of this energy into creating a meal, whether it be for herself, for a partner, or even for a family. Now, in discussing these elements, I'm not trying to skip over the nutrition piece of girl dinner because I've seen a lot of people dissect girl dinner and the implications of having it or the pros of having it. And I think where I struggle with this is just that girl dinner is not well-defined and it looks different for everybody, so I don't really see how we can dive that much into the actual nutritional value of it. I think the main thing that you're wanting to look at here is just ensuring that you're having multiple elements and that the girl dinner is in fact a dinner, not just a snack of some sort. But I also feel like some of those deeper dissections of girl dinner are coming from people that don't subscribe to the idea of intuitive eating because they're looking at the potential deficits in the meal and how you could add this or take away this. And that's just really not my viewpoint. I'm a firm believer in being able to find what works for your body, whatever that looks like, and acknowledging that that's going to be different for every single person, and that's okay. So if there are nights where you're not going to have protein in a meal, that's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world, especially if it makes you feel your best and that's aligned with what you need in that moment. The only thing that we don't want to happen with a trend like this is having it become another cute, quirky way for women to shrink themselves. Because we really see this everywhere, you know, and this is inherently diet culture. The whole idea of diet culture is that it touts that physical appearance is more important than someone being mentally, physically, emotionally well. And diet culture is so insidious that a lot of the time it seeps itself into things that aren't even necessarily diet culture. And that's what makes it hard because One moment we have people sharing something that's really fun and unique and women can band together over it and relate. And then the next you see it being taken into something that could be really harmful. And that's the role of diet culture because it convinces us, all of us, but especially women, that being small is the ultimate accomplishment over really anything else. So if you want to ask yourself if the way that you're engaging with this trend or with your dinner in general, even if you don't call it girl dinner, 
then I would ask yourself a few of these questions. Number one, how do I feel when I have this meal? If you feel good after having a meal, you feel energized, you feel satisfied mentally and physically, you don't feel like you are telling yourself you can't have certain things, that's awesome. And that's more important than anything else because that shows that you're having something that helps your body feel its best. Number two, am I avoiding eating a full meal because of the fact that I have fears around that or just because of the fact that it's not convenient for me right now or because I just want to save some time or because I don't have enough energy? Because there's a huge difference between fearing having more full, complete meals and almost gravitating towards some sort of snacking board and just wanting it for those other reasons that I mentioned. Number three, I would ask yourself, am I actually not hungry or do I have other things that are masking my hunger? So this is specifically for those of you that were sharing that you essentially could go through the day and then at the end of the day, you just don't feel hungry and and you just don't require that much. Most of the time, this is because we have our energy depleted and maybe even throughout the day you were stressed, you didn't eat enough, you didn't eat consistently enough, your body's not used to eating enough at that time. And what ends up happening is your hunger and fullness cues get messed up. And so then you don't get hungry at that same time. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't be having that amount of food that, well, it doesn't mean that you should not eat enough, plain and simple, if I just explain it simply. So just asking yourself that question to really make sure that you're not accidentally not eating enough due to these other things. And then number four, how does this make me feel emotionally? Do I enjoy this experience? Does it support me in my life? Because that is also one of the aspects of relationships with food that we forget the most. We can often put our physical needs higher than our emotional needs, or sorry, yeah, than our emotional and mental needs. And yet, in order to be truly having a holistically healthy relationship with food, you really need to be able to observe every single aspect of your life and see how food is contributing to that. Joy, for example, is a really important aspect of your relationship with food. Connection. Nourishment, of course, but we know that even experiences, all of those things are involved in making out for making the most healthy, helpful relationship with food. I think that that is all that we need to go over for this episode, but I would be so curious to hear your thoughts because I think that there's a lot more that goes into this and meets the eye if you're one of those hyper-analytical people like myself, or at least I like to 
hyperanalyze things, even if I'm not hyperanalytical. So let me know what you guys think about this. If you did enjoy this, I would so appreciate you leaving a rating or review, sharing this with someone if you felt it was impactful, whatever you felt called to do. I would so, so appreciate that. And if you have any episode topics that you want to see from me, feel free to submit those. There is a link in the show note for that, along with some other links that you can check out too. Thanks so much for listening. Have an amazing rest of your day, guys.